0: And now it's time for Eastcast and reports from coastal stations. East Utsira, West Utsira, South West Utsira and North North East Utsira. Wind South West, rain at times, good. Forties, fifties, sixties, Tyne, Dogger, German Bite, French Kiss and Swiss Roll. Westerly becoming cyclonic, good.
1: Right here in London's East End. Operating at any level, any time,
2: anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? One might be your secretary, your doctor's receptionist, or a dancer in a go-go club. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Now, now, now.
3: Hello and welcome to Eastcast and our special Hackney Voices show. So this is a little bit different to what we normally do because last Saturday we set up a mobile radio studio in the middle of Hackney's Narrow Way to talk to locals about how the place has changed over the years.
4: Yes, and a big thank you to Hackney Museum who we partnered with on this and to the decorators who launders their mobile radio studio so we met some amazing
5: people and we were told some incredible stories which we will be playing you today there was a hackney man with a secret talent a lady who lived through the blitz a primark bouncer and a man with lots of historical hackney trivia and also some clever business ideas
6: something a little different for the show as it's the voices of hackney i've decided to play music by people born in the borough and there's actually quite a long list so it's been a tough choice of course I've made sure that the music is as eclectic as possible to keep up with traditions so let's start with this
7: funny but it's true what loneliness can do since I've been away I have loved you more each day Walking back to happiness Whoop-ah, oh yeah, yeah Said goodbye to loneliness Whoop-ah, oh yeah, yeah I never knew I'd miss you Now I know what I must do Walking back to happiness I shared with you Making up for things I said Whoop-ah, oh yeah mistakes to which they led, oh yeah, yeah, I shouldn't have gone away, so I'm coming back today, walking back to happiness, I threw away, walking back to happiness with you, said farewell to lonely Spread the news, I'm on my way Oh yeah, yeah. all my blues have blown away Oh yeah, yeah, I'm bringing you love so true Cause that's what I owe to you Walking back to happiness I shared with you Walking back to happiness with you Side, foolish pride Learned the truth From tears I cried Spread the news I'm on my way Oh ah Oh yeah, yeah All my blues Have blown away whoop Oh yeah, yeah I'm bringing you Love so true Cause that's what I owe to you Walking back to happiness I shared with you Walking back to happiness that
6: was Walking Back to Happiness by Helen Shapiro, who is the granddaughter of Russian Jewish immigrants born in Bethnal Green, and she was brought up on a Clapton housing estate. She had a number three UK hit when she was 14 with Don't Treat Me Like a Child, and then um, a number one with You Don't Know, and then Walking Back to Happiness reached number one as well. So now we're hearing from Len, who surprised us with his special talent.
8: in 1939, they sent a load of us all over the country. I happened to go to Norfolk. When well, we evacuated, a lot of us went from our schools there, you know, went down there, and uh, I sort of left school when I was there, you know, so I had to work down there from when I was 14. Or so. I, 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 uh, I got an apprenticeship as a printer. So I learnt that trade, main work at the time. I wanted to go in something for art, and I went in various art studios and things like that although I did have this apprenticeship behind me as being a printer. Now, but I will surprise you and tell you. that I've got another name, which I'm not saying, okay. but I went into the theatre. Ah. I went into the theatre, which has always been my ambition since I was about 11 years old, you see. I, I went into the variety theatre. I went round to the variety theatres, and when I went into them, they were all sort of closing and becoming bingo halls and things like that, you know. I went all over the country. I was a variety act. Wow. Can, go on then.
6: What tell us I your, do? Tell us your act. Tell us your I was a magician
8: statement. and a ventriloquist. Do you want to hear some? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, hello.
6: Hello. Get out of here. I want
2: to
8: get out. <laughs> What do you want? I
6: want to get out. You
8: can't get out now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. There we are. You see, that's a little bit that's for amazing. you.
9: That's <laughs> amazing. That's incredible. Like, who would have thought?
8: Yeah. <laughs> that's so, you needed to uh, give you I, some I sort have, of
5: puppet.
8: I've got all sorts of little puppets. and I used to do a bit of teaching to other people. I used to te- teach other people puppets and magic and ventriloquism, you know. I still keep it up a little bit. I was a family entertainer, you see. Wait a minute. Excuse me. Hello. Hello. I can't talk to you now. I'm on the radio. What are you doing now? I'm being an engineer. Oh, dear. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, I've got all different puppets and things, and I've got the the normal little cheeky boy, and I've got all the animals and things like that, you know. And, you know I'd
6: love it. to see that. I'd Are lo- you performing anywhere
8: that. soon? No, no, not at the moment. If I do, it's of like private work now, you know, because there's nowhere to go. Wow,
3: what what a guy. You know, you never know who you're going to meet, and, and he do you? So did he have a puppet with him?
6: No, he, um, no, he, he didn't. didn't. He didn't, but... He
4: wasn't prepared.
6: We used enough... Im- you, you just need a little bit of imagination, and, uh, yeah, and the f- voice uh, funny was enough. enough.
4: Yeah, was yeah, in the beginning, he wasn't even keen on saying what he did, and then... Pearl it all started came talking to him, yeah, and then he was like, oh, right, I'll show you.
5: <laughs> he, he had many stories of his travelling theatre days, didn't he? <laughs> we'll have to Love try
3: and track him, track him down again and get him on the show again.
5: <laughs> From a lot of the conversations we had with people on the narrow way on Saturday, the issue of shoplifting came up a few times, which is why people like our next Hackney voice play such an important role. Here's Kay.
4: Okay, so I've just met um, Kay um, here. We were just standing under the bridge, looking at some of the older photographs of the of the area in the '60s when the flood happened. You've lived here how long in Hackney?
0: Uh, three years. Uh, I was born in Hammersmith, yeah, but I spent uh, a lot of years in uh, Grenada learning tennis. Yeah, well, nice. it, it wasn't the best academy, but it, they said I had a natural talent. Mm-hmm. which I don't believe. But yeah, I've, I've travelled to Africa. i trying to so like, uh, I've done voluntary works and stuff. You know? So yeah.
6: do you teach children and adults? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyone
0: that wants to learn the right way. I lived at Manor House for 15 years, and uh, I just thought, well, I was always in Hackney most of the time. I had friends in Hackney. I used to come down to Hackney May Street and Hackney Downs Park to play tennis. I was in Brixton the other time, and um, that that was my first time in Brixton in 18 years, and I was totally shocked that Brixton is ahead of Hackney. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that is disturbing Hackney at the moment are the betting shops. You know, people are always broke. Anyone could do anything. Yeah. A lot of antisocial behaviors starts as a result of people losing their money at betting shops. If they've got £2.50 left, then probably might go and get a pint or two cans of beer. Mm-hmm. Very, very angry people. <laughs> Just around here, we've got four betting shops: we've got Paddy Power, Coral, and uh, William Hill. Mm-hmm. And further 200 meters, there's another William Hill. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, <laughs> I really do feel sorry for gamblers, seriously. You know, because. Uh, if there is any addiction, it doesn't have to be gambling. Mm. Yeah. It's really, really disturbing, hackney.
4: It's, it's good to have a view of, you know, other than, than the rest of, of what you can find, if somebody that actually says something that doesn't like about the street. He
5: was opinionated and I think you had a fair point, you know, that uh, batting shops are not possibly the best shops that should be on a high street.
6: Well that is one thing
5: that we kind of saw
6: about the narrow way that day is that the number of betting shops pawn shops and jewelry shops is kind of outweighs everything else so that was Mm -hmm. definitely some of the discussions we had that day with people because you know it would be nice to get a bit more variety that was the general consensus and
3: maybe now that it's been pedestrianized it'll i don't know create way for a little bit more of a sort of shopping hub rather than a
6: a 3 but, but yeah,
3: bus thoroughfare. But yeah,
6: we'll see. Right, time for a little bit more music. Mark Bolan, born Mark Field in Homerton in 1947, was best known as the frontman of the glam rock group T. Rex. So here's some trivia for you: the first band that he played in was a, skiff, a skiffle band, Susie and the Hula. Um, with 12-year-old Helen Shapira, who who you just heard earlier. Oh, that's
2: interesting. (laughs) Yeah.
6: So fast forward after several name changes and music career attempts, it's not until 1971 that he got a number two hit with Ride a White Swan. And then, of course, Get On, which is what everyone, the the track that everyone knows, um, which has probably been featured on every rock pop compilation ever. Um, Bolin died in 1977 in a car crash, And I've decided to play something a little more unusual rather than the normal T-Rex. So this is a live radio session of Mark Bolan singing Teenager in Love with his girlfriend Gloria Jones, who incidentally was also in the car when Bolan died, but she actually survived. So here's Mark Bolan and Gloria Jones singing Teenager in Love. One day I
10: feel so happy, next day I feel so sad. I guess I learned to take the good with the bad. It's not I ask the stars up above. Why must I be a teenager? Yeah. I walk along the street. Nobody calls my name. I wonder who's about to pull old drills in my brain. It's not I ask the stars up above. Why, Why must I, I be a teenager in love? love? I cried to you, shoo up, shoo up, for nobody but you, shoo up, shoo up. I'll be the only one if you should say with you ever you wanna make me cry, that won't be so hard to do. If you should say goodbye, I still wanna loving you. It's not nice. as the stars up Why must I be a teenager? In love Why must I be A teenager In love love Why must I be A teenager love I don't want to be All alone on the sidewalk In love Why must I be
3: A teenager yeah. that was mark bolan and gloria jones singing teenager in love sounding really different there but um, great to hear so now here's someone with an interesting story of how he arrived in hackney involved, involving a deal over some second-hand furniture meet alan
1: i'm down here because i'm going to speak to the guy about setting up an auction next week over there in the in the archway there yeah i'm going to do something for it's going to be a community auction So the thing is that basically prams, bicycles, anything for local people that they want to actually buy and sell, it's something that that is really needed and that doesn't exist anywhere in Britain. No, I know um, there's a lot of uh, garage sales. Yeah, but but you don't have such a thing as an auction that I want to do, and I used to do it in South Africa. Like um, I was thinking of this week, what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to have some stuff printed maybe tomorrow. And where the moms are down there and the kids park there, I'm going to have, part of it is going to be a pram auction as well. Because the thing is that, you know how many people, you, you see a lot of prams around and people. I'll give an example. In South Africa, they have a, they have a children's bank. And a children's bank means that when the child's three years old and the mom and dad are pushing the child in a pram, when he's four, he hasn't got place, there's no place for him to sit in the pram anymore he, because yeah. he's too big. What happens here is the parents normally throw the pram away. But I, I would look at the stuff that people can actually resell, like a, like a cot, for instance, or a pram, or a single mom that hasn't got any money at all. How many people around here are actually throwing stuff away? They yeah. don't know what to do with it. I would start the prams out at £10 each. I'll, I'll give you an example of what I used to do in South Africa. People, I say to people that if you, if you have children, um, your children are now four and five, Um, The prams are in the one room. Every time your husband goes into the room, he trips over the pram. And you're keeping them for the grandchildren. Meanwhile, your children are only five. So the thing is is that you've got a room full of the child's crap that you don't (laughs) need anymore. Everybody And and last week you saw a mouse, and you wouldn't go into that room again, and now everything's basically disintegrating in that room. Do you need all that crap?
6: You sound like you're speaking from some personal experience. No, no, but I
1: mean, I'm a hoarder as well, so I know what I'm talking about, but I'm just giving an example. So then I would come along and say to the person, look, The thing is is that I'm not going to come in and get rid of all the crap because I'm not a garbage person. But what I would do is if you've got any decent stuff there, that you're not going to wait for the grandchildren to come along. And you're only 22 years old. Your child's only three. Don't worry about the grandchildren. (laughs) The thing is, is that there might be somebody down the road that might need the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, as I said, I wouldn't give the stuff away. That's not the way I would do. I would actually sell it, but I would sell it for a very decent price.
5: And would you buy the prams off the owners, off the original Yeah, I
1: would, I would do it on a, on a 50-50 basis. That's the thing.
5: That's quite a good deal. Yeah,
1: so I mean, I'll give an example, and I'm talking from personal experience. When I was in Hackney, when I first came to London, I was homeless. And I was homeless for two years. And I was living in a broom cupboard and and i'm serious with the broom cupboard in a house you got yeah, cupboard that you put brooms into and i was renting it for 10 pounds a night in a hotel and i moved out of there okay i could tell you a very funny story but it's probably going to take too long so i moved out of there and the thing is, is that um, i went to the salvation army and in the end i got my flat But the problem was was that when you get a flat anywhere in in Britain, you don't get stuff. You don't get a grant straight away to fit the flat out. So I just got my gyro about fifty quid or something, and I don't have any furniture apart from my sleeping bag. So then I went down to the Salvation Army, and there was was a jumble sale down there, and there was stuff that was piled on one of the beds. So I said to the called the guy over, and I said, "How much do you want for the bed?" So he we said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I, what do you mean what I mean? I've just moved into a flat, and I, I need furniture. So he said, when did you move in? I said, yesterday. So he said, just hold on. So he went, and he said, okay, give me your address, and give me 50 quid. So I said, okay. So he said, just trust me. So I said, okay. I gave him 50 quid. I want to tell you, he brought me a fridge. He brought me a stove, a cooker. He brought me three chairs. He brought me a dining room table and the bed and bedding, and blankets, and everything. And you know what? I realised that it was amazing, because what he did was he just picked from everything that he could, and it was something to start with. He brought me up two pots, he brought me some plates, Mm -hmm. so at least I had, the next day, that next morning, at least I could make breakfast.
6: That was Alan, who moved from South Africa to Hackney, and he's quite a collector of stories, and had lots of his history about Hackney and... The local area and he told us actually about some ghosts that live on the narrow way which yeah. is quite interesting oh, yeah. but we'll hear um, some more from Alan later.
5: I met the lovely Molly from Stoke Newington and she's seen Hackney change a lot over the years but her real problem with the area was the demise of the dress shop. My name is Molly
9: I, I live in Stoke Newington in Hackney originally from the
5: Isle of Dogs.
9: <laughs> I'm a Cockney really yeah.
5: And um you were telling me you moved from the Isle of Dogs and you came to live in Shoreditch. Shoreditch when I got married, yes. And then I
9: I was married for 24 years and I divorced. <laughs> then I didn't marry anymore, I just came to live here. It has changed quite a lot. There's lots of streets have changed and the buildings and the shops. They seem to have changed quite a lot. I'm like, you know, what I remember. It is a lot different. It's cosmopolitan and you know, we seem to get on. And I've got lots of different nationalities where I live. And we all get on all right. Well I've got a Turkish friend upstairs and she brings me and Key and things, you know.
6: <laughs> Lucky you.
9: <laughs> <laughs> then again. <laughs> yeah, there used to be a dress shop here. I can't remember, Marvara, Marla, or some name like that, and they sold beautiful dresses if you were going to a wedding or a special occasion, you know, you went to this shop, this certain shop, that used to be round there somewhere. That was tailored. If you bought one, you had it for years and years, you know, it never worn out. See, with, with me, I can never get a nice style with my figure, you know, because I'm, I'm out of proportion. You know. I think
6: we've all got that problem, yeah. actually.
9: <laughs> so, I can never get a good fit. Mark's yeah. suspense is not bad, but don't always have something to suit me, you know, my,
5: my age. So that was the lovely Molly, and she did have a great pair of earrings, actually.
6: <laughs> Very sparkly. Mm-hmm.
5: Um, now, This is something
6: a little bit different. Abashantiye, another Hackneyite, born Joseph Smith. He's been playing and producing dub for well over 30 years. Abashantiye Sound System have been resident at Notting Hill Carnival since about 1993. So I'm sure they'll be there again this year. So keep your ears open for those heavy dub sounds. So this is Abashantiye with Tower of Babel we
4: And you just heard Abba Shantiy with Tower of Babel. It's a hundred years since the start of the World War One, and people across the world are remembering those who fought and lived through that time. Next on our Hackney Voices show, we're going to hear from Joan, who lived through the Second World War and remembers how large parts of Hackney were completely destroyed during the Blitz.
11: I'm Joan Hardings. I was born at the Mother's Hospital, Clapton, in 1933. And I've lived here all my life.
6: So you were born here before,
11: obviously, the Second World War. You, do, you,
6: do you have any memories of the war? I mean, I know you of were only... A, yeah, yes. you're a child. But, yes. I,
11: um, have, I have written it up, actually. Really? Mm, I, I wasn't evacuated, so I was living down in Marsh Hill all through the war. So um, I hear that Hackney was quite substantially bombed. It was, yes. Yes. Um,
6: Have you got any particular
11: memories of of that? Yes. um, My father had two allotments, one over at the White Hart in Ruckolt Road and one in Daubanye Road. And we had um, a grandfather, son and grandson had an allotment next to us in Daubanye Road. And one night a bomb dropped. They lived in Daubanye Road, actually, and one night a, a bomb dropped and they and the grandmothers were all killed. I was about nine... I couldn't. I found it difficult getting over the fact that we would never see them again on the allotment. Whilst Hackney Wick was quite badly bombed, my mother um, became a prudential insurance agent and she had one agency. And then as it got bombed, she was walking across debris and they amalgamated four agencies in the end. And she was walking miles across the bomb debris to collect the premiums. And um, one day... In early January, we were in Marsh Hill and we were talking and we were saying how lucky we were that um, we hadn't been very badly bombed along there, whereas most of Hackney we had been wiped out. And um, on the first Sunday in February at seven o'clock in the evening, a V2 rocket dropped and it dropped on the next block to where I was. My father had a shop actually and we were I was in a block of shops and... Um, I now live on the corner of Adley Street, and that was where it dropped, more or less, in Adley Street there on the corner. And um, I remember there was um, several... There was two boys, three boys, actually, two brothers who lived in Adley Street, teenagers. One was 13, the other 14. And the boy lived opposite us. They were never found. They were out that evening, and that was it. And um, another little girl who I was friendly with... And I, was, I was playing with, I was 11 at the time she was only 5, lived along Marsh Hill and um, she said to me, she got a, a, a compact of her mother's and she said when I grow up I'm going to have one of these compacts, she didn't grow up she was killed and her sister had a, her her face um, cut with glass and everything and there were several others I remember a lady who lived on the corner near where I live now had a dog she was in her 50s and I used to see her um, going out i' uh, take the dog for a walk, and um, the dog was found roaming around in the debris, but she was dead It was right at the tail end of the wall and then fo- and my, ended up with my mother, my father, father and I all sleeping on a, a mattress in the living room because the top of our upstairs was all condemned we 'd lost our roof and everything. The following following Sunday evening, we were in bed and the ceiling fell down on us, what was left of it, because another one had dropped, (laughs) on Mably Green, which was opposite where the first one had dropped. But there was already um, quite a lot of industry there and there was um, Carnicos, the Sweet Factory and Yardley's um, perfumes and those sort of things all along there. And then there was a residential area with um, the schools, two schools. I went to St Mary of Eaton Hackneywick Church during the war. I used to walk down to there, that's in Wick Road. Then I joined the Girls' Life Brigade, which I didn't like much because I was only nine and they wanted me to sign the pledge. That's <laughs> a <was> feeling kind <laughs> <laughs> So So um, I joined the um, Sunbeams, which were Salvation Army. And I was in that till I was eleven. Then then I joined the uh, Girl Guides in um, Brooksbury's Walk at what is now Chats Palace. It was uh, held in there. And we used to go on parade at the Round Chapel.
3: That was Joan there talking about her life in Hackney. Next up is a woman with more energy than all of us Eastcasters put together. Plus she had a wealth of information about how to get fit around the borough.
12: What I'm doing today... Well, I went to King's Hall Leisure Centre for me to go and do keep fit in the gym and the New Age Games. It's the Hackney Residential People, the free activities, age 50 plus. To tell you this, the whole truth, at Britannia Leisure Centre Monday, I go for the yoga for a flexibility exercise. Tuesday, I go to the badminton for me to do just like tennis. Wednesday, I went to the Queensbridge Sports Leisure Centre, the one in Holy Street. I go for um, archery. And as for walking together in the weekend, I joined from 2009, except 2013 for the finale, the one in Shoreditch Walks, to meet older people. I met the walking leader who is responding to all these groups, how to do 10-minute walk, 20 minutes. It could be more than that. And sometimes I also became a walking leader. Even the get-up-and-go were the walking groups I, I went for every Sunday, I walked, I walked, that's before I take a bus, and I also keep on walking miles and miles everywhere. I yeah. love it.
5: So wh- how long have you been in f- into fitness then, Anita?
12: About three years now.
5: What, what's, what started you to get what, interested in fitness?
12: It's the get-up-and-go for people with disabilities. Yeah. I joined from 2009, 2010, 2011, and sometimes... It stopped because I find I might get bored and I might get devastating into desperate for nothing at all to do without the groups. I
4: think, I think she got us all excited, to be yeah, fair, no, with her energy.
6: She <laughs> did. And I didn't realize there were so many different places where you could do ac- uh, sporty yeah, activities. Yeah, especially archery. Yeah. So um, good, good. Uh, Recommendations exactly. there. <laughs> You're listening to our Voices of Hackney show, a little bit different from our normal routine. As we're playing interviews, we've heard from the residents of Hackney during our mobile pop-up studio session in the middle of Hackney's Narrow Way
3: on a very busy and very hot
4: Saturday (laughs)
3: afternoon. And next up is Hackney mum Julie, who told us about the borough's strong left-wing roots.
13: My name's Julia Gay. I live in Clapton Pond. I've lived in Hackney for since 1980. I came as a student and stayed in a flat on the Pembery Estate, and I've been here ever since.
6: So I imagine Hackney in the 80s was quite a different place.
13: It was very different, and I was from the West Country as well, so it big was a big shock. change.
6: Yeah. <laughs> um, can you describe a little bit what what living in Hackney was like in, in, in when you moved. When there.
13: I re- well, when I came as a student, it was it was a good place to be. I had I knew quite a lot of people who we'd been students together, so we sort of ended up in Hackney. Um, so f- from my point of view, it was a good place. There's a lot of politics going on, so there was Centreprise, which was on um, Kings and up near Dalston anyway, and that that was a bookshop and cafe and lots of stuff. There's lots of women's. Uh, politics going on so again there was loads to get involved in politics there was community newspapers so as young people there was loads for us to get involved in if if you're interested in the politics was the it, left-wing politics at the time
6: was it already quite art lots of artists living no, there? no it wasn't arty
13: then it was more it was more uh, far left politics with with the young people so it was mainly people who were interested in writing and politics and Hopefully revolution, Um, but not. what was
6: um, people's reaction... When you met other people from other areas in London, what was their reaction when you said you were living in Hackney?
13: Well, Amongst my age group, there wasn't really any um, sort of thoughts about it. I think it's more when, since I've been living here, when brought up a family, it's when you meet people who live on other sides of London or out of London, look a bit askance that you've actually brought up children... In a place like Hackney, but I have.
6: <laughs> so how's it been? Like, what's what's your experience? Well, it's, of being... well. I'm
13: still here. We're yeah. still happy. We're we're fine. Yeah. My kids see themselves as Hackney people. They're in their twenties now. Um, they come back. They live nearby. They can't afford Hackney now. Yeah. Um, so, but I, they would call themselves Hackney boys.
5: So, seeing as we are East Coast and we love Hackney. Have you been living in Hackney for a while? Do you have any stories about the borough? If you do, please share them with us. Um, You can send us an email, hello at eastcarshow.com or send us a tweet at at eastcarshow and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Next up is James, a.k.a. G3D, who is very keen to show off his entertaining skills.
14: Yeah, my artist's name is G3D. Um, basically, what I do is everything, any, any elements in the industry right now, any music, any type of um, entertainment, mm-hmm. that's what I do.
6: What, what kind of entertainment?
14: Basically, um, acting, video production, movies, drama, um, kicking a ball, <laughs> fighting, fu. <comfortable, laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, all the activities that you really need and really acquire to definitely um, accomplish your dreams of of being an entertainer.
6: Okay, so if you had to choose one form of entertainment, which one would it be? Just one
14: form just of entertainment I would definitely choose is music. Music. Definitely. Um, In Any music.
6: particular genre? Um,
14: um, I, I I say based on reggae, reggae mixed with um, poetry. Okay. Yeah.
6: So can we have a little freestyle?
14: Yeah, you can have a little freestyle.
6: Nice.
14: Okay, well, you got a beat for me or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all have uh, to do the You have to just key. work with it. The most honourable when I start busting my troubles, I keep my mind in focus, casting out the devil. The most imaginable when I come down to that level, I bust your head down. With an old rusty shovel, I'm incredible, shh, getting inflammable. Like my fire, it's like adding more fuel, so be sensible. I got bars to damage you, and I spit my shh like a camel It's the righteous G with a righteous path and the righteous love in the life of the lost. What I'm trying to do is outlast everybody with their sound that i got endorsed, endorsed in me. And everything I do, I do it in 3D. So I got to do and I got to choose on my way after leading this life to be G3D. You know what I mean?
4: I love that. Brilliant. I love that. Brilliant. It was just so unexpected. And I didn't in, I didn't expect anything like impromptu that. Impromptu performance. Yeah, yeah, and he
6: was he, he was so keen to do his freestyle and I think it we made his day. It was uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was great. Um so something very different, uh, music wise. Um so, Phil Collin was born in Hackney in 1956 and joined Def Leppard as co lead guitarist and backing vocalist in 1982, following the departure of Pete Willis. Before that, he played with the band Girl, he, and he was part of Def Leppard when they had all their massive hits like Animal and Love Bites, and of course that karaoke classic, Pour Some Sugar On Me. Um, I couldn't quite bring myself to play the original version, um, of course not <laughs> <laughs> So here's Phil Cullen and Joe Elliot With an acoustic version of Pour Some Sugar On Me So you don't need to get those air guitars out Well, you can if you want to like a bomb,
2: baby, come and get it on Living like a lover with a red-
4: I just love that, there was pour pour some sugar on me from Def Leppard, a very interesting acoustic version. And now Hackney is home to many different nationalities, but one thing that everyone shares is the love for the borough. This is Sharon who wouldn't live anywhere else but
15: Hackney. I've been to other boroughs, I've stayed in other boroughs, but I'd always come back to Hackney. Hackney is my home, Mm. and I think it's just the wealth of diversity and culture that makes it, you know, my home I can, you know, I just get up and I feel I feel good <laughs> to know that we've got such a diverse, rich culture and, you know the diversity, is nice and it's nice to embrace that around you rather than sort of being segregated and it's all or people tend to sort of look at you in a sense of, oh you're from Hackney and put the borough down and, and oh Negative. But I wouldn't move from Hackney if you paid me. <laughs> I love But you know Hackney. what? I
6: think people are quite proud to be from Hackney now. It's become quite a... Well, you know,
15: it's, it, it is up and coming now. I'll I mean, you've only got time. to look around. There are areas that you couldn't even afford. And if you look and dig deep, there is, it, is, it is rich in history. I do miss Woolworths. <laughs> what did I, you used to buy in Woolworths? I think I always remember when... Uh, When the six weeks old, the holidays were coming to a close, that's when you'd go and buy all your pens and your books and your stationery. And they were the best for, you know, for just getting back to school. And thank
3: you to Sharon there. So if you live locally, you might know about Hackney Picture House, but maybe you didn't know that Hackney was in fact home to around 40 cinemas. And that's what we found out from Alan, who we heard from earlier, who turns out is a little bit of a historian.
1: I'm not a cinema buff, but I know that at one time there were some like 45 cinemas just in the local area. As far as you could see, there were 45 cinemas. This is before 1944. This is before 1939. Before th- and one of the most amazing things is, is that during um, when movies first started out in the States, and you had Warner Brothers, and when movies first started out, they would take over a shop, especially in this area, and they would take over a shop and put 60 seats in the shop, and they were called Nickelodeons.
6: So there's nothing new about pop-up
1: cinemas then? No, no. no. Let me give you an example. If you go up to where Hackney Baths is and you look across the road at the electric part, there was an electric, um, they used to sell a British gas centre across the road. Now it's the Red Root Cafe. If you look at that building, that building was an MGM building. If you go down to Chatsworth Road and you look at Chats Palace, Chats Palace Mm. was an MGM building, an old MGM cinema. But the thing was, is that imagine this, they would produce the movie for 50, 50 cents in, in, in Hollywood. Then they would come over and then they would own all the cinemas right across Britain. And in 1911, the government decided to break the monopoly of the, of the produce, cinema producers. And when they broke the monopoly... That's when all the buildings went to private owners and all the buildings went to, went to independent uh, uh, movie houses. So this thing about independent cinema is nothing new. Yeah, it broke a monopoly until 1991 when Warner Brothers was allowed to come back and then buy their own cinema chain again. The cinema operators, the cinema owners, were never ever allowed to produce movies and own their own cinemas for almost 100 years. Just imagine this, a family, would, a family investment, would basically one family would invest in a cinema, and every family tried to, in, tried to make their cinema better. And then one cinema would have t- 20 ushers, and the other cinema would have, would have 120 ushers. Some cinemas had more ushers than they did actually people coming into the cinema. And some cinemas, after the First World War, they had no money for the ushers to have uniforms, so they asked the soldiers to come in with their old army uniforms so they could show people to their seats you know so this thing about pop-up cinemas it's nothing it's (laughs) nothing new
4: well I love finding out about that that Ellen told us actually on that Saturday afternoon but I Mm. believe that you also have some stories to tell us so please tweet us at East Show or find us on Facebook Um, and a bit more music Pearl
6: Yep, finally, uh, something from a more recent Hackneyite, DJ Luck, born uh, as Joel Samuels. um, And he was very much part of the first wave of UK Garage with his music partner, MC Neat. Their hit single, A
3: Little Bit of Luck, is still very much a dance floor classic. I love this song. I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Um, But just before we hear that, a big thank you um, from all of us here at Eastcast for listening. We'll be back in a fortnight with our usual forecast of arts, culture, new music and interviews, all from East London. Thanks for listening. And here's a little bit of luck. (laughs)
16: Tana ni tana ni tana ni tana boy Tana ni tana ni tana ni tana ni
17: boy With a little bit of luck we come make it you tonight With a little bit of luck we come make it you tonight With a little bit of luck we come make it you tonight So we done falsifying. So I did you between the real and Rahim. the bad bass bad bass bad bass bad bass, bad bad bass Hallelujah with the righteous sound 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 holla with the righteous sound Hallelujah 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 with the righteous sound Tana
16: ni tana ni tana ni tana ning tingo boy Tana ni tana ni tana ni tana ning tingo boy Tana ni tana ni tana ni tana ning tingo boy Tana ni tana ni tana ni tana
17: ning tingo boy With a little bit turn luck. Come me get you tonight with a little bit of luck come me get you tonight with a little bit of luck come me get you tonight with a little bit of luck come me get you tonight with a little bit of luck come me get you tonight with a little bit of luck we come me get you tonight with a little bit of luck we come me get you tonight with a little bit of luck we come me get you tonight Hello with the rinse sound, with the rinsing sound, with the rinse sound, with the mixing sound, Hollow with the rinse sound, Holla with the rinse sound, with the rinse sound, with the
16: rinse sound, with the rinse sound, with the mixing sound, Holla with the rinse boy, boy, boy.
17: Luck, become get you the night. With a little bit of luck, become Miki Chu the night. With a little bit of luck, become Miki Chu the night. With a little bit of luck, become Miki Chu the night. With a little bit of luck, become Miki Chu the night. With a little bit of luck, become Miki Chu the night. Hello with the rinse in sound, Hollow with the rinse in sound, Hollow with the rinse in sound, Hollow with the mints in sound, Holla with the rinsing sound, Holla with the rinse in sound, Holla with the rinse in sound, Hollow with the rinse in sound, Hollow with the minxin sound, Hollow with the rinse and sound, Holla with a mixing sound and in Tana in Tana Dana in Tana in Tana Dana Nintana In Tana Dana Nintana in Tana Dana
16: Nintana In Tana Dana Nin I mean tan and I tan I mean tan and tan I tan I mean tan and I tan I mean danan tana nintana ni nintana 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 nintana